When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a week where England heroically avoided the 2013-14 shame of a 5-0 loss, aiming instead for the exalted 2017-18 heights of a 4-0 loss, this is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. He was determined. The minute I got out there as well tonight, he was absolutely he's, he's, he's telling me exactly what to do. Get a big stride in, smother the ball, don't let the bounce beat your bat. I was like, right, mate, I've, pl- I've played before, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You're here with Kat Jones and Dan Lipke and that was uh, Jimmy Anderson talking about the advice Stuart Broad offered to, offered him as he came out to bat in the final couple of overs of that uh, fourth Ashes I test. think that's, that's good advice for the England openers. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, <laughs> that, that clip, of course, is from the, the Tail Enders podcast. So uh, go, go listen to the full episode if you want to hear Jimmy's entire thoughts on, on, the, on that outcome of that match. There's some glorious podcasts where the England cricketers, I think they all have a podcast. Yeah, I, think I think they've so. got one each. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of material out there if you want to listen to England cricketers uh, bemoaning the state <laughs> of the ashes. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, I guess the thing that struck me there was that Jimmy Anderson said, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Does, does Jimmy Anderson know what he's doing with the bat in his hand? I mean, he has, he has played a lot of tests. He was right about that. He's, he's well, now... he, knows, he knows what he's doing when he comes in at number 11. You know, there's not much expected of him. I'm not convinced about that <laughs> He knows he's supposed to go out, either yeah. go out or end up zero, not out. Yes. There's, yeah. there's very few possible uh, permutations there. Yep. So anyway, so he nailed that anyway. He did uh, finish <laughs> zero, not out as yep. he, he saved the test, uh, facing six balls. And isn't it good to have a test go down to the final ball? Especially yes. when it's the final ball is Steve Smith bowling to James Anderson, which is just like the best possible uh, final ball you could hope for. It was we? far better than this. This test was far better than the previous, the previous three. Oh, all three put together. This yeah. was this was fantastic well there's there's a turning point in every match I, I think you were mentioning there where Steve Smith's bowling to James Anderson right mm. so there's a turning point in every match that only occurs if the team members are too incompetent to kind of fulfill their or to excel in their alleged specialty yes so so the turning points occur when the when the batters start bowling to the bowlers who are batting right yes. which yep. is fantastic is, is, there, is it wondrous stuff is there any other game I mean that doesn't happen in kickball no. does no. it no it doesn't happen in any other sport that's, no. why, that's why cricket's the best sport absolutely this is the part of the show Lots of stuff going on in the world of cricket, but we have just time to cover the thrilling fourth Ashes test in Sydney. Or rather, we're not even going to cover it, are we? <laughs> no, not, not the entire test. I don't, don't think we have time to cover the entire test. Mm. I, th- I think we're just going to go straight to the interesting bit, which is the, the final session. We're going to skip the first 14 sessions of the test match. Yeah. Uh, although, although was, was, were there any highlights that caught your eye in those 14 sessions before we uh, put them in the re- rearview mirror? Well, 
Cameron Green bowling Ben Stokes and the bail not coming <laughs> off. That was, a, that was a genuine highlight. That was pretty good. I, I did enjoy uh, Usman Khawaja's century. Yeah, yeah, and I loved uh, Usman Khawaja's other century. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny Bairstow, we should probably mention Bairstow's century where he uh, had a busted finger or thumb or busted hand of some yeah, description. well done, yeah. And also we can't forget Pat Cummins, evil Pat Cummins, yes. declaring on uh, Jack Leach's hat trick. Yes, but we don't have time to discuss no. any of that. No, no, so, they uh, were all fun though. They were all very good. So we'll, we'll just go straight to the final session, which which began with England four for 174. So this was England trying to trying save, to save the, match, the test. Yeah, I, I mean, theoretically, they could have got 388 to win it. Mm. Uh, but I think mostly they just wanted not to lose six wickets in the final session. But the new ball was uh, looming for Australia. So it was all set up perfectly. It was very tense. That's um, right. And Lyon came on to bowl a bit with the old ball <laughs> and then Stokes was out of sleep. Yeah, and I, and I particularly liked uh, how Ben Stokes kind of held this dramatic pose of, oh my God, I can't believe I've edged it to slip. He, he was furious with himself yeah. and a furious Ben Stokes is always the best kind of Ben Stokes. Well, I it's find. the only kind. Yes, yes, mm. but the only kind and the best kind. <laughs> uh, but eventually the new ball was taken and uh, Pat yep. Cummins uh, produced a, a, a new trick out of his bag, didn't he? Mm, well, he's never ever, he's never bowled full before in his entire life apparently, <laughs> no. or so, so uh, social media would have you believe. Yes. So, uh, of course, bowled a double wicket maiden, got rid of Joss Butler and Mark Wood. And these were both in swinging, in swinging Yorkers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, the one to Wood in particular just like smashed into his yeah. foot, knocked him over. I think uh, Mark Wood uh, wasn't able to get to his feet in time to, to make the T-sign to review it. Johnny <laughs> Bairstow has tried to make it and the umpire said, no, Mark Wood has to review it. Like he, Apparently yeah, uh, right, the, the okay. non-stroker can't review it for him. So uh, Bairstow's like, review it, review it. So he's kind of half on the ground staggering up trying to review it. I don't think he wanted to keep batting. Yeah, you could get up on one elbow. Go. Come on, yeah. Yeah, up on one elbow you can do a T-sign. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he, uh, he did make the T-sign but it didn't really help. He, <laughs> he was still sent on his way. Yeah. But, but I did like, uh, there was a quote on Twitter from Chris Williams who said, what an absolute long play to pretend not to have an inswinger for a decade, which was uh, good work from Pat. Good, good planning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then of course uh, uh, Boland came in and yep. does what he does. Uh, take very a wicket now. <laughs> takes lots of wickets. Yeah. And then so we had sort of Leach brought all the tail enders, yes. Broad and Anderson, just trying to survive the final overs to say light was fading, yes. the, the minutes were were ticking away, and. All of our spinners, all of Australia's spinners had to bowl, right? Yeah, I particularly liked uh, – so at some point the umpire said, no, it's getting too dark. Pat Cummins, you can't bowl anymore. So he had to decide between Steve Smith and Marcus Labuschagne who was going to bowl leg spin. And <laughs> Did they both have their hands up? Pick I, me, I'm pretty pick sure, me, yeah, pick yeah, me, yeah. Pick me, pick me. Yeah. And uh, event, uh, a bit surprisingly he went with Steve Smith because yeah. uh, Marcus Labuschagne got the wicket in the previous Ashes series. So he got a crucial wicket in the dying overs of a potentially drawn test. Mm. So, But uh, uh, the ball was thrown to Steve Smith who did get a wicket. He got Jack Leach out, which uh, left, as we heard in the intro, Broad and Anderson just batting out the last two overs between them. So why don't more of the fast bowlers pull out a, a spinner when they need to? I mean, light often fades. Mm. I, I feel like all the fast bowlers should have in their arsenal. Uh, why do we make the batters know how to do part-time spin? Uh, so so Ollie Robinson style, you think Cummins yeah. should have continued bowl, bowling spin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like this. Yeah, Cummins could have just come on, bowled, bowled some, some offies. Yeah, presumably he still has decent control when he's slightly slower. Well, they start talking about variations you yeah. need to have a proper variation and you know you're not just a everyone should have two things that they can do mm. if, if 
you can bat, you can bowl a bit. Yep. If you're a wicket keeper, you can bat a bit. Yep. And uh, if, if you're, you're a fast, fast bowler, you bowl off spin you a bit. Bowl, <laughs> you're off spin or, or a bit of leg well, spin. Well, I mean, what Pat Cummins could have done if he said, all right, uh, that's okay, I won't bowl fast, I'll, I'll switch to spin umpire. Uh, mm. He could have pointed out that, well, Joe Root was bowling spin earlier in the test and he actually bowled a bouncer. So maybe Ooh. I'll just slip in the odd quicker one here. Yeah. Can I slip in a quicker in-swinging Yorker and uh, see what happens? Yeah, but could that, be. That, that might have required a little bit of extra mischief from It Pat feels Cummins. like Broad and Anderson might be vulnerable to a, to a slow, slow, not even spinning uh, Yorker. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Anderson did say in that Tail Enders podcast that he, he was perfectly happy facing spin, but if Pat Cummins had been bowling, you'd have seen a lot more of the whites of uh, my eyes. Really? So, yeah, he wouldn't so have his eyes shut? No. <laughs> yeah. Either eyes wide shut or eyes wide open, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but he didn't specify what would have happened if Pat Cummins was bowling spin, so I think you're definitely onto something there. I also liked uh, Alyssa Healy in the closing moments of the test. She tweeted out, uh, can they call a cheeky drinks break for those of us who need to wee? Can't take my <laughs> eyes off this. I, I, I was just thinking, like, if Mitchell Stark was a decent husband, he could, would have gone down with cramp or something and given his wife time to duck off to the toilet. I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to say if he was a decent husband, he would have put a TV up in the toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah, should have done that too. Yes. Yeah, why doesn't Alyssa Healy have an iPad she can take to the toilet? Yeah, yeah look, someone needs to tell her that everyone else takes their iPhone into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So, yeah, there were lots of boring people uh, on social media just complaining about the declaration timing, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was all a little bit slow for their liking. Pat Cummins, you know, obviously in retrospect, because Australia couldn't bowl England out, he'd, he'd left his declaration too late. Nah, that's bonkers. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, my, my counter-argument is, of course, that if he declared any earlier, then he wouldn't have been able to uh, deny Jack Leach a hat-trick attempt by declaring when he did. Yep. So I, I think it's definitely worth sacrificing a 5-0 clean sweep uh, just for that moment. Yep, absolutely. Yes, because uh, clean sweeps, they happen all the time. I've, I've seen <laughs> multiple ones in my life. But Cummins being a mischievous scoundrel, that might be a once-in-a-lifetime event. <laughs> Please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors. Okay, this week's episode is sponsored by the Ashes Screenplay, which is heading into its final chapter. Oh, that's sad. I know, but as we've alluded to, uh, Pat Cummins has turned evil, so that's part of the screenplay. (laughs) And we do still have James Anderson and Stuart Broad. They're having a delightful tour. And Steve Smith still doesn't know who Marcus Harris is, so it's all all coming together. Yeah, it is. Um, And you can get fully up to date by reading the deleted scenes, which are available over on patreon.com slash cricket. So for just $3 a month, uh, you can get access to those and any other projects that may or may not be in the planning stages. Mm, there could be some women's ashes projects, right? There may be, yes. We, we will have to wait and see. Anyway, sign up there to show your support. That's patreon.com uh, slash cricket. I was approached by a man who I later, dis- later discovered to be a bookmaker from India. I was fined $10,000 and paid my fine immediately. I realised and accept fully that my actions were naive and stupid. I realised that I was very naive and stupid and stupid and stupid. So here we are in Cat's Gambling Corner. We're going to bring everybody up to date on Cat's latest gambling antics and whether she has been naive and stupid. <laughs> and who who in the intro, Sting, uh, paid his bill immediately? Uh, I think that was Mark Waugh paying was his that bill Mark immediately. If there's in, nothing that's more suspicious about the <laughs> fact that you've been doing too much gambling is if you can afford to pay your, your, your fine immediately. <laughs> yes, that's <I> mean, true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, we do have some bets that are still alive. Mm. I, I've, uh, I was hoping for five results in yes. the Ashes, of course, but I put bets on there being only three or yes. two or one result. Yep, or zero. That's right. And so far, we've had three results and one draw. So mm. my uh, bet for 3-0 is still alive.
alive. Still alive. Only just though. You, mm. you need a draw in the final test in Hobart or a tie. A tie yeah. will get you there. I would prefer a tie. A tie would be fantastic, wouldn't yeah. it? That'd be a very good way to end it. And uh, I also had some bets. Uh, I had birthday presents put on from, oh, yes. from my brother and they uh, had both the England and Australian whitewashed. Uh, both of those disappeared yeah. very well. One, one just recently, but one much more quickly than that. But I'm uh, still alive. I still have a Steve Smith most runs and a Pat Cummins most wickets combo. That's technically alive. And mm-hmm. I, I both have a, these have to come off. Both of them have to come off. So Steve Smith is currently seventh on the run scorer list. He's 69 behind Marnus, who's at the top of the oh, list. This might, might be his worst performance in an Ashes for some time. Mm. But he might, he might make a fifth test surge. So yeah, fing, easy. Fing, fingers crossed for that. Man, score of 150 odd might, might get him over the line. Yeah, not impossible. And Pat Cummins is third on the list of wicket takers. He's only two behind Nathan Lyon, who's at the top. But he's equal with Scott Boland, who's only played uh, two tests. <laughs> it's it's really not fair. It took Lyon years to get his 400th wicket. And now that he's broken the seal, he's going to diddle you out of a, a, yep. a nice little tidy sum of cash, presumably. Yeah, well, the tidy sum of cash is $325. So <laughs> right. I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, the captain and vice captain uh, lead from the front in the final test. Yes, I feel like there's a bit of a chance of Smith topping the wickets. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Not sure. Not quite sure that gets me any money, but uh, no. it'd be definitely worthwhile. It'd be fun. Ah, can't fall, can't throw, coming live. Thanks for tuning in and taking your time. The underappreciated act of the week. The funniest and crazy plays of the week. Who is going to join the honorary board? The number one Scott Moeller reward. The Muller Award for underappreciated acts in the world of cricket this week. And we have... Marnus and Steve Smith again. Are they in an elevator again? Uh, no, they're not, sadly. But they're, Or they may have been. I, I, I wasn't <laughs> keeping track of them. But uh, Marnus did a, a Q&A on Twitter. So he said, ask me anything. I'll answer as many questions as I can. He answered like 10. I, I, don't, I don't think he got too carried away. Mm. Uh, but one of the questions was, have you ever got Steve Smith's wicket in the nets? And Marnus replied, yes, but he would never admit it. Ooh. And that kind of uh, Steve Smith's spider sense got tingling. And he uh, piped in and said, never been close to getting me out, Marnus. <laughs> and, and, and then Marnus uh, ended the conversation with told you he wouldn't admit it. So uh, I think that's one nil to Marnus on that one. But a, a, a very good comedy routine from the two of them. I also want to know whether Steve Smith was tagged or is he just modern? <laughs> no, he I just don't got, think he was tagged. He's got Marnus on Notify, yeah, hasn't definitely. he? definitely. <laughs> definitely has Marnus on Notify. What else have we got? Well, um, the ICC apparently is partnering with some new advertising company to yeah. unveil Cryptos. Yes. Cryptos. C-R-I-C-T-O-S, which yes. is an official and exclusive range of digital collectibles, whatever mm. that means. Yeah, so I think we, we briefly uh, hinted at this when it was in the prototype stage I don't know, a couple of months ago. They were, they were talking about these NFTs and they were, they were well, all... Well, it should never have got out of the prototype <laughs> stage. <laughs> no, definitely not. Right? Should have definitely been. not. <clears throat> but yeah, it all sounds pretty terrible. So so if they've now been launched, I surely th- you're making this up. No, no, they're, they're, <laughs> I, I don't think they've actually launched yet. I think they're on to the next stage. Like they've found a partner in which to, you know run the supercomputers that create NFTs or whatever the hell can they have to them? do. Can you eat them? No, Sounds they can't. Like you can they, eat them. They do sound, they do sound like uh, something. What flavour of cryptos? You go in a, you know, a, a pint and a packet of, uh, packet of cryptos, yeah. please. Yeah, cheese flavoured, yes. presumably. Yes, but no, uh, cryptos are just uh, NFTs. But the cryptos was also, we've, we've actually licensed cryptos.com. <laughs> so well, that's how, that's how we set that aside for our uh, podcast spin-off series on great cricketing toes. 
And, wow. and we did have a few uh, episodes already worked out. We had uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Thompson's Sanchu Crushes, and I think we can now add Pat, Com- Pat Cummins' Sanchu Crushes in yep. there now. Uh, we had episode two, which was Johnny Bearstow. Oh, uh, yes, just he's got on a his toe. toe. Yeah, yep. he's got a toe in his name. And then we had episode three to nine, which was Martin Guptill's Toes, one at a time. Uh, Why are they so famous? <laughs> because he's missing two of them. <laughs> Right. And okay. Ep- episode yep. 10 to be announced. Why, why does there have to be 10? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's because there's 10 toes for most people. Yes. Anyway, I have news for you. I've secured an interview with uh, with the toe that peeks out of the hole in Mitchell Stark's oh, bowling excellent. boot. Oh, that's episode 10 then. Yeah, that's so episode 10. Sorry, OCC. Crick Toes is uh, <laughs> coming out a completely different direction. So what's next on the mullet list? Because I think Crick Toes is going to be hard to beat for the yeah. mullet. Uh, well, we've got the BBL, which is uh, and in particular the Scorchers v Stars match. And this is Probably it's still going on despite the fact that there's only two or three people in the entire comp that haven't tested positive for COVID. Yeah, right. and there's p- probably two or three people uh, in Australia still watching it, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the Scorchers v Stars, uh, Laurie Evans for the Scorchers took two runs off the last ball of Zampa's over, which was the 10th of the innings. He's just someone's dad, isn't he? I think so, yeah. <laughs> He's not actually yep. a player. <laughs> and uh, then they had a drinks break, and then despite uh, taking an even number of runs off the last ball of the 10th over, he decided he'd pop himself back on strike in the 11th over. <laughs> <laughs> the umpires didn't notice this. Uh, the Scorchers took the power surge uh, and then Evans hit uh, Harris Ralph for 17 off the over uh, that he mm. shouldn't have been facing. So that wow. was a little bit controversial. Yeah, little, little bit more of, of that. A little bit of scheming from the Scorchers. That, that feels like the kind of thing that Justin Langer, a previous coach of the Scorchers, would very much endorse. Oh, yes. De- deliberate. Uh, well, you know, <clears> if, you, if you're filling in, maybe you yeah. don't know the rules that well. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what else have we got? I've got uh, Sam Billings, who's mm. been playing uh, for the Thunder in the BBL, who had to drive the length of Australia, presumably all yeah. the way from uh, the Gold Coast down to Hobart, to be on standby for the various injured English players, mm. particularly the in- injured English wicket keepers. Yes. I think most of the wicket keepers in England are injured at the moment. Yeah, all of them. So this got me thinking, Dan, the English players always complain that they don't get enough preparation mm. in Australian conditions when they tour for the Ashes. So should all the England players be forced to do a full day road trip before? Yeah. Before they start the first test, yeah, they they, they should what all start different corners and they should all drive to a, a ground yeah. that's chosen at random, you know, Lismore Oval, and they all have to drive from South Australia or Brisbane or wherever, and they all arrive there. They have a hit out against you know Caxi, yep, and uh, and that's well, amazing warm-up. race style. They yes. should be forced to somehow find their own petrol, yes. get their own snacks, yep. know how to change a tire when they get a puncture on some terrible remote freeway. They have to be able to drive a four wheel drive in sandy conditions. Yeah, yep. they can set up roadblocks for one another. They've got little mini challenges to do along the way. We yep. completely embrace the amazing race. And then they'll they'll be able to handle if it's a road, if it's got grass on it. Mm. Like they'll be able to handle all sorts of conditions. So no better way of playing like an Aussie than to do a road trip. It, it could be a match-winning strategy. Anyway, we'll soon find out if Sam Billings is player of the match in Hobart, Yes, right? yep. Or indeed if he even plays. If he plays, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he did say uh, himself on social media, it would be a very Sam Billings thing to do to drive nine hours to run the drink. <laughs> well, because he, he was like just, about, I don't know, a couple of hours away from getting on a plane to start heading yeah. off to the West Indies to play uh, the white ball stuff they've got over there. So he's avoided any chances of doing fun. that. Yeah, <laughs> They might actually win that one. So so do they actually have a keeper for their white ball stuff? Because it feels like we've I'm got some sure. white ball keepers playing in the ashes as well. 
<laughs> so that's going to be fun for whoever has to take the gloves in uh, the West Indies. I think they've uh, put Ollie Pope on a plane. He's heading over there to, to take over the white ball stuff. Yeah. Uh, wow. in, in, yeah. Uh, we've also got Bangladesh uh, against New Zealand. So they, Bangladesh beat New Zealand in the Test match. This yeah. uh, this came to a climax in the yeah, as we had a rain delay on the first day of the Sydney Test. Fantastic. A very thoughtful rain delay mm. from Sydney, uh, and then Bangladesh backed that up a week later by losing by an innings and one hundred and seventeen runs. So All they're right. not the most consistent team no. in world cricket. <laughs> oh well, uh, but there was a there was a seven and all a, mm. an all run seven. Well, yeah, oh no, all, no, a four, four and a, a three. four overthrow. Yes, yeah. so mm. they're, they're, which basically uh, it's even even better than that because it came about from a dropped catch at slip, which oh, uh, wow. went went behind the keeper and basically rolled all, almost all the way to the boundary for four, but didn't. So they ran three, and then uh, the keeper decided to have a wild ping at the bowler's end, missed the stumps, and it raced away to the boundary. And then the poor old bowler who just had a uh, chance <laughs> dropped off him had to sprint oh, after the ball and just uh, failed to drag it into the boundary. So one of the better sevens you'd like yeah, to see. Wicket turning into a seven yep. for the other side is fantastic. Yes. And we also had uh, Ross Taylor in that match who I think can also, also, also have his own uh, nomination because mm. uh, what did Ross Taylor do on the final ball of the match? Well, he was bo- he was bowling. So he took the last wicket of the match, which was only the third of his entire test career because yes. he doesn't bowl that often. And uh, so he finishes with a, a fantastic bowling average of 16. And that um, goes with, of course, his batting average close to 50, right? So yeah, 44.6. Yeah. Yep. So he's a genuine all-rounder. Genuine all-rounder, yep. Ross Taylor. I think he's retired too soon. He, he could have yep. reinvented himself as the new Scott Boland with a bowling average like that. Definitely. The new Steve Smith. Yes. <laughs> Aim high. Yep. And then I think this is the final one. We've got uh, a little bit of an awkward conversation between Mo and Ali and uh, Sir Alastair Cook on BT Sports. Yep. This one uh, popped up on social media. So they were talking about, I think they were talking about which players could uh, in the England team could go on to become coaches. And uh, Moeen took the opportunity to have a, a bit of a go about at Cook about this <laughs> because he said uh, uh, basically that Joe Root has more of an emotional attachment to his players, unlike, uh, unlike Cook, uh, which is perfectly reasonable. We all know Cook mm. was, was a robot and uh, so you can't be expected to show emotions to his players. Mm. Uh, but then Cook kind of uh, was a little bit taken aback and he try, tried to you know, regain some ground. He pointed out that unlike Joe Root, he had never dropped Mo mm. from the side. And uh, Moeen then said, that's true, but he also batted me from one to nine in my first year of international cricket. <laughs> so he wasn't backing down. And basically the conversation eventually ended with uh, Cook saying, well, I'm not sure how to take this anymore. I've just come back from a nice holiday and I've walked straight into Moeen Alley off his long run. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the kind of thing you get when you're watching BT Sport. Yeah, that's right. And Moeen Alley says yeah. bowling, uh, bowling bounces to, <laughs> yes. to uh, Cook there. Uh, so what's going to win this one? Oh, the Cricktoes. Yeah, Cricktoes are terrible. Yeah, so Cricktoes. Not the, not the original Cryptos, no. our, our, our podcast, podca- our yeah. in, made-up podcast yes. about Cryptos. Yes. Oh, in, in particular, I think we'll give it to episode seven of Martin Gubdul's Toes. Yes, well done. And uh, I think that's it. So uh, you've been listening to Dan Lipke. I'm at Lieb Cricket on Twitter. And you've also been listening to Kat Jones and she's at Cricket Bat Cat on Twitter. And you can search for us at Can't Bowl Throw and you can uh, patronise Dan if you like. <laughs> yes. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Podcast Network.